Chapter One of the Ocean of Theosophy by William Q. Judge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Theosophy is that ocean of knowledge which spreads from shore to shore of the evolution of sentient beings. Unfathomable in its deepest parts, it gives the greatest minds their fullest scope. Yet, shallow enough at its shores, it will not overwhelm the understanding of a child. It is wisdom about God for those who believe that He is all things and in all, and wisdom about nature for the man who accepts the statement found in the Christian Bible that God cannot be measured or discovered, and that darkness is around His pavilion. Although it contains by derivation the name God, and thus may seem at first sight to embrace religion alone, it does not neglect science for it is the science of sciences and therefore has been called the wisdom religion for no science is complete which leaves out any department of nature whether visible or invisible and that religion which depending solely on an assumed revelation turns away from things and the laws which govern them is nothing but a delusion a foe to progress an obstacle in the way of man's advancement toward happiness Embracing both the scientific and the religious, theosophy is a scientific religion and a religious science. It is not a belief or dogma formulated or invented by man, but is a knowledge of the laws which govern the evolution of the physical, astral, psychical, and intellectual constituents of nature and of man. The religion of the day is but a series of dogmas man-made, and with no scientific foundation for promulgated ethics while our science as yet ignores the unseen and failing to admit the existence of a complete set of inner faculties of perception in man it is cut off from the immense and real field of experience which lies within the visible and tangible worlds but theosophy knows that the whole is constituted of the visible and the invisible and perceiving outer things and objects to be but transitory it grasps the facts of nature both without and within. It is therefore complete in itself, and sees no unsolvable mystery anywhere. It throws the word coincidence out of its vocabulary, and hails the reign of law in everything and every circumstance. That man possesses an immortal soul is the common belief of humanity. To this theosophy adds that he is a soul, and further that all nature is sentient, that the vast array of objects and men are not mere collections of atoms, fortuitously thrown together and thus without law evolving law, but down to the smallest atom all is soul and spirit, ever evolving under the rule of law which is inherent in the whole. And just as the ancients taught, so does theosophy, that the course of evolution is the drama of the soul, and that nature exists for no other purpose than the soul's experience. The Theosophist agrees with Professor Huxley in the assertion that there must be beings in the universe whose intelligence is as much beyond ours as ours exceeds that of the black beetle, and who take an active part in the government of the natural order of things. Pushing further on by the light of the confidence had in his teachers, the Theosophist adds that such intelligences were once human and came like all of us from the other and previous worlds whereas varied experience had been gained, as is possible on this one. We are therefore not appearing for the first time when we come upon this planet, 
but have pursued a long and immeasurable course of this activity and intelligent perception on other systems of globes some of which were destroyed ages before the solar system condensed this immense reach of the evolutionary system means then that this planet on which we now are is the result of the activity and evolution of some other one that died long ago leaving its energy to be used in the bringing to existence of the earth and that the inhabitants of the latter in their turn came from some older world to proceed here with the destined work in the matter and the brighter planets such as venus are the habitation of still more progressed entities once as low as ourselves but now raised up to a pitch of glory incomprehensible for our intellects the most intelligent being in the universe man has never then been without a friend but has a line of elder brothers who continually watch over the progress of the less progressed preserve the knowledge gained through eons of trial and experience and continually seek for opportunities of drawing the developing intelligence of the race on this or other globes to consider the great truths concerning the destiny of the soul these elder brothers also keep the knowledge they have gained of the laws of nature in all departments and are ready when the cyclic law permits to use it for the benefit of mankind they have always existed as a body all knowing each other no matter in what part of the world they may be and all working for the race in many different ways in some periods they are well known to the people and move among ordinary men whenever the social organization the virtue and the development of the nations permit it for if they were to come out openly and be heard of everywhere they would be worshipped as gods by some and hunted as devils by others in those periods when they do come out some of their number are rulers of men some teachers a few great philosophers while others remain still unknown except to the most advanced of the body it would be subversive of the ends they have in view were they to make themselves public in the present civilization which is based almost wholly on money fame glory and personality for this age as one of them has already said is in age of transition when every system of thought science religion government and society is changing and men's minds are only preparing for an alternation into that state which will permit the race to advance to the point suitable for these elder brothers to introduce their actual presence to our sight they may be truly called the bearers of the torch of truth across the ages they investigate all things and beings they know what man is in his innermost nature and what his powers and destiny what state before birth and the states into which he goes after death of his body they have stood by the cradle of nations and seen the vast achievements of the ancients watched sadly the decay of those who had no power to resist the cyclic law of rise and fall and while cataclysms seem to show a universal destruction of art architecture religion and philosophy they have preserved the records of it all in places secure from the ravages of either men or time they have made minute observations through trained psychics among their own order into the unseen realms of nature and of mind recorded the observations and preserved the record they have mastered the mysteries of sound and color through which alone the elemental beings behind the veil of matter can be communicated with and thus can tell why the rain falls and what it falls for whether the earth is hollow or not 
what makes the wind to blow and light to shine and greater feet than all one which implies a knowledge of the very foundations of nature they know what the ultimate divisions of time are and what are the meaning and times of the cycles but asks the busy man of the nineteenth century who reads the newspapers and believes in modern progress if these elder brothers are all you claim them to be why have they left no mark on history nor gathered men around them their own reply published some time ago by mr a p sinnett is better than i could write we will first discuss if you please the one relating to the presumed failure of the fraternity to leave any mark upon the history of the world they ought you think to have been able with their extraordinary advantages to have gathered into their schools a considerable portion of the more enlightened minds of every race how do you know that they have made no such mark are you acquainted with their efforts successes and failures have you any dock upon which to arraign them how could your world collect proofs of the doings of men who have sedulously kept closed every possible door of approach by which the inquisitive could spy upon them the precise condition of their success was that they should never be supervised or obstructed what they have done they know all that those outside their circle could perceive was the results the causes of which were masked from view to account for these results many have in different ages invented theories of the interposition of gods special providences fates the benign or hostile influences of the stars there never was a time within or before the so-called historical period when our predecessors were not moulding events and making history the facts of which were subsequently and invariably distorted by historians to suit contemporary prejudices are you quite sure that the visible heroic figures in the successive dramas were not often but their puppets we never intended to be able to draw nations in the mass to this or that crisis in spite of the general drift of the world's cosmic relations the cycles must run their rounds periods of mental and moral light and darkness succeed each other as day does night the major and minor yugas must be accomplished according to the established order of things and we borne along the mighty tide can only modify and direct some of its minor currents it is under cyclic law during a dark period in the history of the mind that true philosophy disappears for a time but the same law causes it to reappear as surely as the sun rises and the human mind is present to see it but some works can only be performed by the master while other works require the assistance of the companions it is the master's work to preserve the true philosophy but the help of the companions is needed to rediscover and promulgate it once more the elder brothers have indicated where the truth theosophy could be found and the companions all over the world are engaged in bringing it forth for wider currency and propagation elder brothers of humanity are men who were perfected in former periods of evolution these periods of manifestation are known to modern evolutionists so far as their number is concerned though long ago understood by not only the older hindus but also by those great minds and men who instituted and carried on the first pure and unbased form of the mysteries of greece the periods when out of the great unknown there come forth the visible universes are eternal in their coming and going alternating with equal periods of silence and rest again in the unknown 
the object of these mighty waves is the production of perfect man the evolution of soul and they always witness the increase of number of elder brothers the life of the least of men pictures them in day and night waking and sleeping birth and death for these two light and dark day and night are the world's eternal ways in every age and complete national history these men of power and compassion are given different designations they have been called initiates adepts magi hierophants kings of the east wise men brothers and what not but in the sanskrit language there is a word which being applied to them at once thoroughly identifies them with humanity it is mahatma this is composed of the ma great and atma soul so it means great soul and as all men are souls the distinction of the mahatma lies in greatness the term mahatma has come into wide use through the theosophical society as madame h p blavatsky constantly referred to them as her masters who gave her the knowledge she possessed they were at first known only as the brothers but afterwards when many hindus flocked to the theosophical movement the name mahatma was brought into use inasmuch as it has behind it an immense body of indian tradition and literature at different times unscrupulous enemies of the theosophical society have said that even this name has been invented and that such beings are not known of among the indians or in their literature but these assertions are made only to discredit if possible a philosophical movement that threatens to completely upset prevailing erroneous theological dogmas for all through hindu literature mahatmas are often spoken of and in parts of the north of that country the term is common in the very old poem the bhagavad-gita revered by all hindu sects and admitted by the western critics to be noble as well as beautiful there is a verse reading such a mahatma is difficult to find but irrespective of all disputes as to specific names there is sufficient argument and proof to show that a body of men having the wonderful knowledge described above has always existed and probably exists today the older mysteries continually refer to them ancient egypt had them in her great king initiates sons of the sun and friends of great gods there is a habit of belittling the ideas of the ancients which is in itself belittling to the people of today even the christian who reverently speaks of abraham as the friend of god will scornfully laugh at the idea of the claims of egyptian rulers to the same friendships being other than childish assumption of dignity and title but the truth is these great egyptians were initiates members of the one great lodge which includes all others of whatever degree or operation the later and declining egyptians of course must have imitated their predecessors but that was when the true doctrine was beginning once more to be obscured upon the rise of dogma and priesthood the story of apollonius of tyana is about a member of one of the same ancient orders appearing among men at a descending cycle and only for the purpose of keeping a witness upon the scene for future generations abraham and moses of the jews are two other initiates adepts who had their work to do with a certain people and in the history of abraham we meet with melchizedek who was so much beyond abraham that he had the right to confer upon the latter a dignity a privilege or a blessing 
the same chapter of human history which contains the names of moses and abraham is illuminated also by that of solomon and thus these three make a great triad of adepts the record of whose deeds cannot be brushed aside as folly and devoid of basis moses was educated by the egyptians and in median from both he gained much occult knowledge and any clear-seeing student of the great universal masonry can perceive all through his books the hand the plan and the work of a master abraham again knew all the arts and much of the power in psychical realms that were cultivated in his day or else he could not have consorted with the kings nor have been the friend of god and the reference to his conversations with the almighty in respect to the destruction of cities alone shows him to have been an adept who had long ago passed beyond the need of ceremonial or other adventurous aids solomon completes this triad and stands out in characters of fire around him is clustered such a mass of legend and story about his dealings with the elemental powers and of his magic possessions that one must condemn the whole ancient world as a collection of fools who made lies for amusement if a denial is made of his being a great character a wonderful example of the incarnation among men of a powerful adept we do not have to accept the name solomon nor the pretense that he reigned over the jews but we must admit the fact that somewhere in the misty time to which the jewish records refer there lived and moved among the people of the earth one who was an adept and given that name afterwards peripatetics and microscopic critics may affect to see in the prevalence of universal tradition naught but the evidence of the gullibility of men and their power to imitate but the true student of human nature and life knows that the universal tradition is true and arises from the facts in the history of man turning to india so long forgotten and ignored by the lusty and egotistical the fighting and the trading west we find her full of the lore relating to these wonderful men of whom noah abraham moses and solomon are only examples there the people are fitted by temperament and climate to be the preservers of the philosophical ethical and psychical jewels that would have been forever lost to us had they been left to the ravages of such goths and vandals as western nations were in the early days of their struggle for education and civilization if the men who wantonly burned up vast masses of historical and ethnological treasures found by the minions of the catholic rulers of spain in central and south america could have known and put their hands upon the books and palm-leaf records of india before the protecting shield of england was raised against them they would have destroyed them all as they did for the americans and as their predecessors attempted to do for the alexandrian library fortunately events worked otherwise all along the stream of indian literature we can find the names by scores of great adepts who were well known to the people and who all taught the same story the great epic of the human soul their names are unfamiliar to western ears but the records of their thoughts their works and powers remain still more in the quiet unmovable east there are today by the hundreds persons who know of their own knowledge that the great lodge still exists and has its mahatmas adepts initiates brothers and yet further in that land are such a number of experts in the practical application of minor though still very astonishing power over nature and her forces 
that we have an irresistible mass of human evidence to prove the proposition laid down and if theosophy the teaching of this great lodge is as said both scientific and religious then from the ethical side we have still more proof a mighty triad acting on and through ethics is that composed of buddha confucius and jesus the first a hindu founds a religion which today embraces many more people than christianity teaching centuries before jesus the ethics which he taught and which has been given out even these centuries before buddha jesus coming to reform his people repeats these ancient ethics and confucius does the same thing for ancient and honorable china the theosophist says that all these great names represent members of the one single brotherhood who all have a single doctrine and the extraordinary characters who now and again appear in western civilization such as saint germain jacob bema cagliostro parcellus mesmer count saint martin and madame h p blavatsky are agents for the doing of the work of the great lodge at the proper time it is true they are generally reviled and classed as impostors though no one can find out why they are when they generally confer benefits and lay down propositions or make discoveries of great value to science after they have died but jesus himself would be called an impostor today if he appeared in some fifth avenue theatrical church rebuking the professed christians parcellus was the originator of valuable methods and treatments in medicine now universally used mesmer taught hypnotism under another name madame blavatsky brought once more to the attention of the west the most important system long known to the lodge respecting man his nature and destiny but all are alike called impostors by a people who have no original philosophy of their own and whose mendicant and criminal classes exceed in misery and in number those of any civilization on earth it will not be unusual for nearly all occidental readers to wonder how men could possibly know so much and have such power over the operations of natural law as i have ascribed to the initiates now so commonly spoken of as the mahatmas in india china and other oriental lands no wonder would arise on these heads because there although everything of a material civilization is just now in a backward state they have never lost a belief in the inner nature of man and in the power he may exercise if he will consequently living examples of such powers and capacities have not been absent from those people but in the west a materialistic civilization having arisen through the reaction from illogical dogmatism there has not been any investigations of these subjects and until lately the general public has not believed in the possibility of anyone save a supposed god having such power a mahatma endowed with power over space time mind and matter is a possibility just because he is a perfected man every human being has the germ of all the powers attributed to these great initiates the difference lying solely in the fact that we have in general not developed what we possess the germ of while the mahatma has gone through the training and experience which have caused all the unseen human powers to develop in him and conferred gifts that look godlike to his struggling brother below telepathy mind-reading and hypnotism all long ago known to theosophy 
show the existence in the human subject of planes of consciousness functions and faculties hereto undreamed of mind reading and the influencing of the mind of the hypnotized subject at a distance prove the existence of a mind which is not wholly dependent upon a brain and that a medium exists through which the influencing thought may be sent it is under this law that the initiates can communicate with each other at no matter what distance its rationale not yet admitted by the schools of the hypnotizers is that if the two minds vibrate or change into the same state they will think alike or in other words the one who is to hear at a distance receives the impression sent by the other in the same way with all other powers no matter how extraordinary they are all natural although now unusual just as great musical ability is natural though not usual or common if an initiate can make a solid object move without contact it is because he understands the two laws of attraction and repulsion of which gravitation is but the name for one if he is able to precipitate out of the viewless air the carbon which we know is in it forming the carbon into sentences upon the paper it is through his knowledge of the occult higher chemistry and the use of a trained and powerful image-making faculty which every man possesses if he reads your thoughts with ease that results from the use of the inner only real powers of sight which require him no retina to see the fine pictured web which the vibrating brain of man weaves about him all that the mahatma may do is natural to the perfected man but if those powers are not at once revealed to us it is because the race is as yet selfish altogether and still living for the present and the transitory i repeat then that though the true doctrine disappears for a time from among men it is bound to reappear because first it is impacted in the imperishable center of man's nature and secondly the lodge forever preserves it not only in actual objective records but also in the intelligent and fully self-conscious men who having successfully overpassed the many periods of evolution which preceded the one we are now involved in cannot lose the precious possessions they have acquired and because the elder brothers are the highest product of evolution through whom alone in cooperation with the whole human family the further regular and workmanlike prosecution of the plans of the great architect of the universe could be carried on i have thought it well to avert to them and their universal lodge before going to other parts of the subject End of chapter one